Good evening. First of all, um, thank you to, to Jacob and to Caleb um, for praying, for reading. Um, before we get started, let's pray um, and ask God for his help. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you knowing that we need your help to see what your word says to us. Help us this evening to have hearts that are open. Help us to listen to your word. Speak through me this evening. May your Holy Spirit work here this evening. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. What do you want more than anything else in the world? Money? Power? Popularity? Maybe it's good grades, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe it's just more time in your bed in the morning. Um, well, let me tell you what it is that you really desire. Control. It's the one thing that we all long for, whether it's control of the TV remote, control of the amount of homework that you get in Maz, whether it's control over the bigger things in life, we all want control. We want to be the masters of our own time and decisions. There may be times that we are, or at least we think that we are. I can control what subjects I do at GCSE, I can control what university I go to. I can control when I will see my friends or my family. Maybe you've thought these things. Maybe you've thought you can decide when you'll do something, what job you'll have when you're older, or who you'll go out with. Well, let me break news to you. You, me, all of us are not even slightly in control. So, please put your hand up if you've seen the phenomenal movie that is Click, starring the legendary Adam Sandler. I imagine that it, there's a surprising number. Great, um, I'm glad. So, so apparently Henry and I are both fans of uh, Rubbish movies, as this also um, got a very bad review on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, well, if you've seen this movie, you might have a rough idea of where I'm going with this. But if you haven't, let me explain. So on the surface, Michael Newman, who's played by Adam Sandler, seems to have it all. Yet, with all the demands forced on him by his boss, Michael finds that setting aside time for his family and for his two children has grown increasingly difficult. When a frustrating encounter with a television remote leads an overworked husband and father to a nearby, to nearby hardware store to try and find this universal remote, he stumbles upon um, one of the employees who's also an inventor. His name's Morty. And Morty 
um, has, has made this remarkable device that appears to be able to mute the dog. It appears to be able to zoom him past the arguments with his wife. It even appears to allow him to travel to the points in his life that he wants to be at. However, the rush of being able to skip straight to the good parts in life soon leave him feeling as if he's missing out on the total experience of life. And it's only when Michael begins to realize that he's lost control of his life and the remote is now programming him, that's when he finally learns that life is as much about the moments he'd rather forget as it is about the moments he will always remember. And at the heart of this pretty rubbish movie is a stark reality that is also at the heart of Ecclesiastes 3. We want to be in control of our own lives. We want to decide how we spend our time. And the writer of Ecclesiastes teaches us this. Look at that lovely list in chapter 3. It's beautiful. It's exhaustive to all the scenarios. It's exhaustive to all the scenarios of life. We often see them just as things that happen in life. Well, let me tell you, they're not just things that just happen. They're things sent by God. They are things under heaven. This is hard for us to grasp, but these things are all part of God's purpose for our lives. For your lives, between your birth and your death. Now, we don't like this. There's just not enough control for us. So we want to treat this list like it's a buffet. I'll take lots of laughter and a wee bit of dance, but not too much. Birth, yep. Death, no thank you. Planting, don't mind a spot of gardening. Killing, healing. Sometimes I want a bit of both. Time to build up, time to break down. Well, come up me, building up, boost my ego. Laughter, weeping. I quite like laughing till I'm weeping. Time to mourn, time to dance. Well, I'm not much, not much of a fan of a mourning. Not quite sure if there's many people who would be. I'd much rather gather up lots of stones than cast them away. Embrace, I'll take an embrace. <laughs> and a time to seek and a time to lose. I'm more of a seeker than a loser, but uh, some people might say it differently. Time to keep and a time to cast away. I'd rather keep. Time to tear and time to sew. There's one of my coats with a rip in it and it's annoying the life out of me, so I'd appreciate the sewing. Time to keep silence and a time to speak. I'm undecided. Um, there's a time to love and a time to hate. I prefer love. 
time for war and a time for peace. I'd rather have the peace. You see, if I was to choose all that I wanted, it would only be the easy, good things in life. Nothing that, that brings pain or hurt to my life. Nothing that stretches me. Nothing that challenges me or forces me um, to, to grow and mature. Nothing that makes me feel as if I'm out of control. The thing is, God is in control. And in his love, he will not allow me, he will not allow you to go through life in this airy, fairy way. God does not want easy things to be the norm for us throughout lives. We would never grow. We would never see how weak we are. We would never see how much we need something, someone greater than ourselves. We would never see that we are, in fact, not in control. And this is how it should be. God and God alone who sees all of eternity sending the beautiful and the ugly into our lives. And I should note that the ugly, well, what we think is ugly, is in fact beautiful. But we're too close to the picture to be able to see the whole masterpiece. God sends to all who he wants, when he wants, because he is in control. So, we know there's a time and a season for everything, but we aren't just left hanging, wondering, well, what next? Asking the question of, well, why? No, the writer of Ecclesiastes doesn't stop at verse 8 and say, well, that's you. Life is full of ups and downs. Just roll with it. Look at verse 9. The writer asks a big question. What have we gained from laughing and dancing, from weeping, from mourning? What is the purpose of all of this? The writer points us in the right direction for the answer, pointing us to the one who is in control, pointing us to God who is eternal, who is sovereign over all things. How does the writer describe the list given in the first half of this chapter? Well, look at verse 10. It's the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. So that backs it up, that, that everything in life is God-given. Now, let's see why. There are three reasons Let's read verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Let's break it down. First of all, he has made everything beautiful in its time. God, with his eternal vision, his perfect plan has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything, every step, every tear, every sorrow, every laugh, 
and moment of joy is beautiful. Everything has its mixed emotions weaved throughout. And at any given moment this week, Scott might become a dad, Ruth might become a mum. There's a bit of a throwback to when they just got engaged. Scott was considerably smaller. Um, but uh, we'll move on past that. Um, so think of how the past nine months have probably been for them. First, there was a time for, for love and a time for dancing, the special dance of love that mummies and daddies do to make a baby. Then, the joy when they discover that they're going to have a baby. And then, what about the tears, the nausea, the vomiting that comes throughout, the tiredness, the pain, the sore feet, and that's just Scott. Just wishing that they could have this child already. Ruth will go into labor, and for her, the pain will be immense. Like, I don't want to imagine like, 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 how, like how, how bad this pain is going to be. I am. Um, it will be tough. Throughout all of this, Ruth and Scott, I am sure, have had their rough moments. Their moments where they have just wanted the baby to be here already. Scott probably wants enough wee ones to have a five-side team and enough for a subs bench. Ruth may be happy enough to leave it with one after this. Um, the birth of a baby is an unbelievably painful, unbelievably hard, and an unbelievably long thing. And yet, it is unbelievably beautiful. And I wonder, would it be as beautiful if it wasn't as difficult? I'm not sure, but there is a real beauty in this selfless love. There's a real beauty in the ups and the downs. God is in control. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Next, he says, he has put eternity into man's heart. As I experience the joys and the hurts of life, I cannot help but feel that I am part of something much greater than myself. I just can't seem to get my head around it all. I can't make myself feel true joy. I can't make myself feel sorrow. Well, I can to a certain extent. I can spend more time around people and places that make me happy than around things that could really crush my life. But in the end, can I really control joy and sorrow? We cannot control how our lives go, and that's a good thing. The events and the emotions stir up eternity in our hearts. And like a God-given compass, they point us where we need to go. They point us to eternity. And this next bit is a bit that we all find frustrating. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. 
yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Why can't we just know it all? Why can't I know why there are broken relationships in this world? Why can't I know why I didn't get into that uni course? Why I didn't get those grades? Why, why, why? Well, if we knew everything, then we would be God, and that would be a disaster. Also, mystery is a good thing. Mystery means we can't be in control, and that means we need faith. Our souls need mystery. We need to not be in control. And it's hard for us to balance this. We want answers, but we always need to have questions. So, let's have another question. What do we do with all of this? Life's ups and downs are beyond our control. They have a purpose to bring us to this eternal God who is above all past, present, and future. But what do we have to do then? Well, the writer of Ecclesiastes goes on to tell us in verses 12 to 14, I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceived that whatever of God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. So, verse 12, what do we do? You ready for it? We enjoy life. When you have friends, family, good health, when you're having class banter with your pals, when you're having a box of 20 nuggets, enjoy life. Soak it up. And when you don't have friends, family, food, when you're sick, when everything in life it feels so heavy and tiring, Enjoy life. Soak it up. Now, I realize you're hearing this and you're thinking, what's this lad on about? When it's going bad, enjoy life. Well, here's the gospel in Ecclesiastes 3. Jesus is saying to each and every one of you, let go of it. I've got it. I'm in control. Everything going on right now in your life is a part of my love for you. I'm teaching you. I'm shaping you. What can you do? So often we ask questions of God as if we're in control. But God asks the question, what can you do? you're not in control, what can you do? God wants you to go to him. God wants you to see what he has done through Jesus. He wants you to pray to him, 
to have faith in him. This is the message of Ecclesiastes 3. There is a time and a season for everything. And those times and seasons are not set by the winds of change, but by God Almighty. And so he says, you know what you should do. You should eat and drink and enjoy because your fate is in the hands of the eternal God who sees beyond the small piece of glass and sees the entire stained glass window, who sees not the side of the loom that has knots and strings everywhere, but the other side where there is beautiful creation that's so perfectly woven together. Do you spend your days wishing for the next? I wish it could be Friday evening, and then by Sunday morning, you're already looking forward to the following weekend. I wish I was 17 so I could drive already. I wish I was at university already. I wish I was working so I could have enough money to get a car. I wish I was going out with that person. I wish, I wish, I wish. The wishes never stop. We always want to hit fast forward on the remote and without realizing the movie has finished. We always want to be at the next stop without ever enjoying the journey. And before we know it, we've reached the final stop, the end of the line, our final destination. And we're looking back and we're thinking, what have I done with my life? Stop it. Stop wishing away your life. Stop seeing the tough times as inconveniences that you would love to skip. Maybe this evening you're clinging onto something much more than I could even begin to imagine. Maybe you're going through hurts and pain that leaves you feeling so empty and you wish you were past it already. And that's the tough part. But it's God's way of shaping and molding you. And maybe you're holding on to something really tight. Maybe you're trying to control something. If the times are good, don't look to the bad times. Don't look for them around the corner. They'll be here when they're here. Don't look for them. And if you're in bad times, try not to look forward to some future good time. Instead, try to learn rest and joy, resting in Jesus. So maybe you need to hand some things over to God. Maybe you've been holding on a little too tight to some of the things in your life. Maybe enjoyment of life has been 
absolutely impossible for you because you are so controlling over your own life. Maybe it's possible to let some of those things go right now. Maybe you need to ask the Lord to take some of these things from you. God is sovereign. He is in control. There is a time for everything. And God, in his loving plan, has given us the ups and downs in life to bring us to him. To bring us into relationship with him. And without that relationship, we would suffer eternally. God is in control. There's a season for everything. There's a time for every matter under heaven. God has made everything beautiful in his time. He has put eternity in your heart, yet so that you cannot know what God has done from the beginning to the end. There is nothing better for you than to be joyful and to do good and to worship God as long as you live. You should eat and drink and take pleasure in all that you do. This is God's gift to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are in control. We thank you that through your Son, Jesus Christ, we are set free from clinging on to our sin, from clinging on to the worries in life. Help us to hand everything over to you, Father. Help us to surrender our lives each and every day to you. Help us as we, as we try to do that, Father. Give us your Spirit to empower us each and every day to turn to you, to turn to your Son, Jesus Christ, and to remember what he has done for us. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you are in control. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.